Viewers will be treated to um, to Anne Kirkpatrick's memories of travelling with her dad Slim and his wife Joy McKean, her mother, around Australia for 10 months every year, with Anne giving heartwarming performances of the song she sang in dedication to her parents, travelling still always will. This episode will be screened tomorrow morning at 8.30am on the 7.2 channel and I'll tell you what, I'm not going to miss this. Now of course, uh, talking now to two wonderful people, first of all, Greg Granger, who is the, uh, well, he's kind of, he does everything with these programs. He, he directs them, he stars in them, even gets involved in the editing. I, I don't know that for sure, but knowing Greg, he would want to get into every part of these docos that he turns out because they are spectacular and terrific. Well, uh, we'll talk to Greg first up. Good morning, mate. Oh, good morning. You saw me very well there, Paul. Let's get Anne Kirkpatrick on the line. Good morning, Anne. G'day, G'day, Greg. Good to speak to you again. And good talking to you again. That was a wonderful, wonderful shoot we did up there with Kempsey and out at home. We're just wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for uh, thanks for being with us and thanks for singing for us too as well. That was wonderful. Travelling Still Always Will, which was the title track of the last duet album that I recorded with my dad. So I was very happy to, to sing that song. It was pretty relevant, singing it out in the Nulla Valley where my dad came from, you know, so that was great. So, Greg, let's start with you, because uh, this is a wonderful program. Where was the seed of an idea to do this particular Travel Oz program on Slim Dusty? I've been trying to film a special on Slim for some time, for a long, long time. And I had the opportunity uh, uh, with an invite from Kempsey Council, actually, to uh, film there at the uh, Slim Dusty Centre. And, of course, uh, that led me to uh, track down Anne Patrick, who I hadn't known to that time. Always been a big fan of Slim. Always wanted to. Uh, what a legend he was! Truly a legend. And so I was. I was lucky enough, a real scoop, to uh, get Anne on board. Thanks so much, Anne. Well, Anne, yes, uh, to be on board here. Um, Anne, do you ever get uh, tired of talking about your dad, Slim? Um, I don't get tired of um, talking about my dad, Slim. But having said that. It's it's an interesting journey that I've been on because, you know, I did grow up in the family show and learnt the rope, started performing in the show when I was about 11 years old and yep. recorded with my dad. And um, I owe so much to my dad and I love my dad. I miss him all the time and I miss singing with him. And um, um, But it, on the other hand, and my dad said this as well, it was very hard for me to establish myself in my own right, you know, following in, in his and my mum's footsteps. They were both amazing songwriters. Dad was a, a legend and icon. It was very hard to follow in those footsteps. And it took me till I was about late 30s, 40 years old with an album called Out of the Blue when I finally, I feel, made a mark uh, my own sort of mark and that, that, that sort of one and a half year and gold guitars and and, and um, it had been a bit of a journey up to then. So, no, I never get tired of speaking about my dad because my life is very intertwined with him and also my mum, who I'm incredibly proud of and I'm incredibly proud of my heritage and thankful to them for laying the groundwork for me and giving me a good grounding in... Um, in uh, the roots of country music, American and Australian. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting you say that because, uh, it, as you said, it took you a while because Slim cast mm. a big shadow, didn't he? Huge 
shadow. Tricky to establish yourself. And you'll see the Slim Dusty episode tomorrow morning at 8.30am on the 7.2 channel. And I, for one, will not miss this. I think it'll be a, a fantastic program, Travel Oz. Well, Greg, uh, having Anne on the program now, as I understand by the blurb here that you uh, took Anne back to Homewood, uh, one hour west of Kempsey. That was the, the childhood home of Slim Dusty. Can you describe that to us? Well, I'm sure it wasn't me taking Anne out to Homewood. It was Anne taking me out there <laughs> because that was where Slim uh, uh, was born and grew up, this little modest uh, cottage high on a hill overlooking green fields and cattle, and that's where Slim grew up. And by the age of 11, he was born, of course, he was christened uh, David Gordon Kirkpatrick, but at the age of 11, he was already playing a guitar, he was already singing, and he changed his name then to... Slim Dusty. So, so Ant took us out there. That was uh, truly, truly a great experience. I recall that we were down at the bottom paddock there and it was pouring rain and we, uh, Ant opened the gates and I drove up uh, to the cottage. She left the gates open. <laughs> oh, dear. And while we were filming, there was cattle that were uh, roaming below us, some <laughs> Angus yearlings. Uh, I, I, I'm very, very, I'm hoping that our farm manager, Glenn Duff, does not hear this interview because it is the first rule in the country, always shut the gate. Absolutely. And, and in the hubbub of, um, of filming, and I'm saying to Greg, don't drive your car across the paddock, you'll get bloody bogged and Glenn's away, he won't be able to pull you out in the tractor. And Greg says, oh, I'm right, and off he goes. He guns it across the paddock. And I parked down at the gate and walked up and left the jolly gate open. I'm, I'm halfway through chatting away on the veranda of my dad's old house, and I look down, and there's cattle in the paddock. I just about freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> I so, so luckily, good old Greg said, don't worry, I'll fix it. Greg went sprinting across the paddock. Uh -huh. It was yeah. so funny. Well, Paul, you know how much rain there's been, of course, on the coast uh, down here in New South Wales, and uh, it was pouring that day, absolutely pouring. And so by the time I got down through the cattle, managed to uh, stop them getting out onto the road and close the gate, I was absolutely drenched and then had to come back and talk to Anne afterwards. We both have very fond memories of that. We're going to share a few drinks in celebration about that over the years. And uh, describe Homewood, the, the childhood home of your dad, what it means to you. Oh, gosh. It, it's a little valley, one way in, one way out, a little valley where my dad grew up, where he wrote Rain Tumbles Down in July. It is the most beautiful valley with the Nullar Creek flowing through it, the Maclay River downstream at Bellbrook. Now, before my dad, my, my dad left there when he was a teenager to follow his dream. Uh, and he wanted to get away as, as a kid because he, he wanted to travel and sing and record. Um, and But then before my dad passed away, about a year and a bit before he passed away, someone told us he, his old childhood property was up for sale. So mum and dad bought the property back plus a neighbouring property to make 1,400 acres, I think it was, um, and we built a house there to be able to go out and spend time on the farm. But Dad's old house, um, which was built in the early 1900s, the little cottage homeward is still there and it's now heritage listed. And to be able to go up and spend time in the house we built there and roam around, I often go for bush walks and I drive around. In, in my Dad's footsteps as a kid, to think of him there 
and spending time down by the creek and roaming around the paddocks and that, it is incredibly special and very emotional. And my mum, my mum loves going up to the farm. Her, Sheila, I particularly just love going up there. It's very peaceful and uh, we feel pretty close to Dad up there. It's so great. And how is Joy? It's been a while since I've spoken to her. Is she in good health? Yes. Look, my mum is 92 now. And um, she is as sharp as a whip and uh, obviously slowing down physically a bit, but she's, she is right on track. And, and she didn't come to Tamworth this year, unfortunately. We thought with COVID um, everywhere, it wasn't such a great idea. Um, and But other than that, she's, she's fine. And uh, I see, I live quite close to her in Sydney. I spend a lot of time with my mum. And, um, in fact, we're heading out of town soon to head up to the farm and have a few days up there. We are chatting with Slim Dusty's daughter, Anne Kirkpatrick, and doco maker Greg Granger about the legend that is Slim Dusty and the episode of Travel Oz that will air tomorrow morning at 8.30am on 7.2. Welcome back. We are chatting to the wonderful Anne Kirkpatrick, the daughter of the king of country, Slim Dusty. But uh, Greg Granger is on the line too, and Greg's a doco maker. Oh, it's going to be a marvellous program. Tomorrow morning, Travel Oz, 7 to at 8.30. So, Greg, you know, just a, a marvellous uh, piece to put together for television. And then, of course, you headed off to the Slim Dusty Centre in Kempsey, which is a museum, and all in honour of Slim. And as I mentioned in the intro, Marion and I had the chance to get a, a, a private tour of that museum. Isn't it sensational, all things Slim? So one of the one of the standout items in that uh, museum, the Slim Dusty Centre, is a uh, Ford Fairlane, I believe, 1956 V8 with a huge caravan, and the and the Ford Fairlane is coloured purple. So it's a real standout feature. And you look at that, and Anne said, "Greg, do you know Mum? Mum being Joy McKean uh, in her 90s, drove that all the way. They'd driven it many, many times around Australia, 10 month trips around Australia, uh, filming uh, and singing." And uh, but but uh, Mum Joy McKean jumped in this in her 90s and drove it all the way from her home at uh, St Ives in Sydney, five hours north all the way up to the museum. <laughs> Think of that. She's driven cars and caravans all her life, and I kept saying, "Hey, can I have a drive?" She said, "Oh, in a minute, in a minute." <laughs> I got a tiny little taste of a drive, and uh, well, we got her up there. But I felt a little bit sad leaving old Purple up. There in one way, because she was still registered, she was still driving terrifically, that roar of the V8 engine. But, you know, it's a good home for her. And um, I know people love to see that car because it, um, it's very iconic. Being that purple colour, which my brother and I were a bit horrified when Dad first bought it home when we were teenagers. Wild <laughs> violet, we said. Oh, my goodness. Everyone sure knew when Slim Dusty was in town because of this purple car. And it went round the clock three times, I think, went around Australia, travelled a lot of miles. Amazing stuff. So, Anne Kirkpatrick, what's the museum mean to you? The Slim Dusty Centre at Kempsey, which opened in 2015, after, oh, I think, a couple of decades, really, of trying to raise the money and get it open. It was my... It was my dad's dream to give something back to the community that he came from. And so it, it's great, great that his wishes were fulfilled because obviously it would have made maybe sense to open it in or build it in Tamworth, you know. 
But my dad really wanted it to be in the Maclay area. And so that's, that's a wonderful thing that we're able to fulfil his wishes. All the memorabilia in the actual exhibition, which is housed within the centre, um, I think it, it found a wonderful home. My um, uh, Some priceless guitars, a pub with no beer guitar, all of Dad's gold awards in the Golden Gallery were quite um, uh, fantastic. Yeah, it is. It's just a marvellous museum. It really is. And as you mentioned, Greg, uh, Anne did a little bit of singing for you. Oh, what a treat. What a treat. I, I asked Anne, I said, Anne, is there any way that you could sing the song that you wrote in dedication to your parents' uh, travelling still always will? And she did. And she did it over and over in the pouring rain on their veranda of home. And tomorrow morning on the Travelogs program, 7-2, a walk down memory lane with Anne Kirkpatrick, Slim's daughter, and Greg Granger, a journalist and a doco maker, and it, it really will highlight the, the life of this uh, superstar, legend of Australian country music that is Slim Dusty. Do you know it's amazing, Anne, uh, that your father's albums, uh, I mean, I just looked recently, Aria Charts, four albums of Slim are in the top ten. I mean, it's just amazing that your dad, after all of these years, is still selling music and still selling his songs. There is a legacy. The legend lives on, as we say. Look, those Aria charts, Dad has never gone out of the Aria charts since he passed away in 2003. They, different albums have come, but the, the very best of Slim Dusty has been in the Aria charts for something like 19 years or something, 19 to 20 years. It's unbelievable, and you're quite correct. I was recently in the Tamworth Festival, and I, I was a guest on Troy Casadale's show. He always includes... Two songs of Dad's in his show, The Biggest Disappointment and Lights on the Hill, which I guessed and sang for him. Um, Everyone, so many people include Dad's songs still. They're still being sung. Uh, And my mum's song, that's more to the point too, Mum and Dad, you know, because they were such a team. And um, it's it's very endearing to me when people come up with these stories of, the first Glendusty show they went to or meeting my mum or dad. It's just wonderful. They're held in such love out there, you know. People love them still. I mean, Slim Dusty to me, and I had the the great pleasure in the 70s when I was working on Willisey at 7, to go to his home at St Ives and uh, break bread with him and do an interview with him. And that was, I spent probably three or four hours uh, with the Kirkpatricks and, and Slim and Joy he really did fill that room. When you spoke to Slim and he was telling you about his days on the road, I mean, you just had to listen to the man. He is truly, I mean, legend is tossed around a lot, Greg, but he is truly a legend of Australian music. So you must ask Dan about the times that she's performed with her dad, even as a young girl growing up into her teens, she would perform. And she, she gave us one wonderful quote. You must tell us again, Anne. She gave us this wonderful quote about uh, having performed herself on stage in front of a big audience and then coming back down and hearing her dad perform. And she said it was just overwhelming, the power of his voice, the, uh, the way he captured the entire room with the force of his personality. Oh, many, many times, as I was growing up too, 
side of stage and watching uh, my dad um, in full flight performance-wise was quite – he was he, he really was charismatic on stage. He was larger than life. He really was. You have to see it to believe it. And um, um, because he wasn't a tall man or a big man. He's very sort of compact and – um, but when he got his hat on and those Iron William Cubanil boots and, and just his persona on stage, and he was such an amazing performer. I mean, he had an amazing voice. His range, people don't realise, had an incredible range, which my mum used to challenge by writing these songs with these enormous vocal range. But um, And also he, his diction was faultless. You could hear every word he said and he, he'd tell a story so well. And that's apart from his songwriting and um, and his natural, he had an amazing energy and vitality about him, my dad. Um, he, he could give like all the band members, various band members who were like half his age, he could keep up with them and more. His vitality was incredible. You know, you mentioned his stature, not a tall man, but when he was on stage, he was a giant. Oh, absolutely. That That's a, a well put. Definitely, yeah. Do you know, he's called the King of Country, and, and every time I play a song of his on the station, I always chuck the word King in, because he was, uh, and, and still is, because Lee Kernigan once told me, uh, yes. we, we were at a gig where he was performing, and uh, I was talking about it. I said, oh, Lee, you're, you're kind of the anointed one now, aren't you? You're the King. And he said, no, no, no. There'll always only be one king of country, and that's Slim Dusty. Yes, um, both, both Lee and Troy always refer to that, and I—it's very respectful, and I—I I appreciate it. And and of course, recently at the last Tamworth Awards, um, Troy—it was, it was a bit of a mild, bit of a bit of a moment for us because he finally. Uh, he was equal to my dad's number of golden guitars, and now he has surpassed it and gone to 40. But I said to him, you took a long time to catch up. <laughs> uh, but, if it, you know, look, that was going to happen at some stage. But Dad held that record for so long. And, mate, and when you think he's been gone, gosh, since 2003. Do you know what? You may not know this, and you may know it. Um, mm. It's very interesting that Lee Kernigan is on the same number of golden guitars as your dad was when he passed away. Yes, he is. 38. <laughs> and now Troy is 40. 40. And Troy's got a chance of actually getting a few more on the uh, runs on the board. Well, they both have. I mean, if gold, I mean, Gold guitars weren't around in my dad's early career. Gosh, if they had been presenting gold guitars early on in my dad's career, they would have never caught him. <laughs> he would have been 50 or 60 oh, on them. Oh, <laughs> way up there. <laughs> well, what an interesting talk we've had this morning here on Making an Eggs. Thank you so much, uh, Anne, uh, for coming on the program, talking about your wonderful dad, the legend that is the King of Country, Slim Dusty, and we look forward to this program uh, tomorrow morning. Thank you so much for your time. No worries. It's lovely to speak to you. And Greg, once again, mate, nice to talk with you and good luck with the program. Uh, that is Travel Oz, and it will be tomorrow morning. Thank you for talking with us, Greg. Good on you, Paul. Thank you. Great talking, mate.